Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City. Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. I want you to breathe deeply this morning. I've asked the Lord, and he's heard my request, that you would feel his strength today. Okay? I want to give you a simple message today. The Lord is with you. All right? So just breathe it in. The strength of the Lord to you. You don't have to stand up. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to cry out. Receive the strength of the Lord. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Receive the strength. Receive it in your spirit. Receive it in your soul. Receive it in your body. The Lord is with you. I am so grateful that the Lord is not just an ethereal idea out there. He's not just something that we have conceived in our minds. He is a real person. He is seated on the throne. It was his physical body that brought you to himself. He had to suffer the wounds that we just celebrated, that we just proclaimed the Lord's death. He had to suffer that in his, in his own physical body. The Lord is a real person. He's not a concept. He's not an idea. Jesus is real. And the Lord Jesus is with you. I say that today with confidence. I'm always, I'm always amazed. In Haggai chapter 1. Verses 13 and 14. Haggai had come and said, it's, look, you're building your own houses. It's not time to build your own houses. It's time to work on the temple of the Lord. And they heard the word and they went up to the mountains and they brought the supplies and they started working. And in Haggai chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, it says, Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. Here was his message. I am with you declares the Lord. Such a simple message. And yet when God sends a prophet to say, I am with you, there is strength that comes with that. There is the presence of the Lord with his provision, with all of his love, but there is strength. And I'm here today to to declare to you, I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord, it says that the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the spirit of Jehozadak, and and they began to work, and the people began to work. And I want to encourage you today, don't get caught up in the details. Don't get caught up in the details. Remember what the Lord is doing. I want to kind of give you a little picture to kind of connect some things. It's, it's autumn season, right? You know, fall and the leaves are beginning to fall. How, how, do, we, how do we know it's autumn season? What do you think, Kara? How do you know? It gets a little colder, okay? The leaves are changing. They're beginning to look really pretty around here, aren't they? How else do we know? The what? 
pumpkin gets into everything, kind of like that yellow dust in the building, right? The days get a little shorter. Starts getting darker. Huh? No, go ahead. Nights get a little longer. (laughs) All right. In the same way, it is good for us, even expected and even required that we know what spiritual season we're in. Okay? We should... And we should know the spiritual season we're in. Remember what Ecclesiastes 3 says? For everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose, for every matter under heaven. Even Jesus, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to him over in Matthew 16, and they were saying, Lord, give us a sign. It was a test. You know, and they give us a sign, a sign from heaven, flash lightning in the sky, call fire down, do something like he hasn't been doing anything. Right. You know, and he answered them when evening comes, you say, it'll be good weather for the sky's red. And in the morning you say, Oh, today's going to be stormy because the sky is red and overcast. He said, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. So it is expected. It is good for us. It's even required that we should recognize what's going on around us. I want to tell you that the season that we are in as a church, the church in general, the worldwide church, The season that we are in is a season of increased grace. It's a season of more grace. Grace is his favor, his smile. Grace is his rich, abundant love mixed with his strong power poured into you. Okay? That's pretty good definitions of grace. All right, And we are in a season of more of his power, more of his favor, more of his rich, abundant love being poured into you. That's where the church is at. That's the season. There's, you know, when it's time to plant, you don't go reap the harvest. But when it's time to reap the harvest, you don't go plant. So in this season of increased grace, what are we supposed to do? There are three aspects that the Lord's revealed to me. There's probably more, but there's three that the Lord's revealed to me. One thing is, is that this, this increased grace gives us the, the ability to conquer sin. Okay? There's lots of people right now that the Lord is putting his finger on and saying, you know that, that overwhelming sin, that predominant sin that's been there in your life, now's the time to slay that giant. And here's the ability to do it. Here's my favor. Here's my love. It's not a strong rebuke. So a lot of people are missing it, but a lot of people are receiving it too. It's not a strong rebuke, but it's the, it's the strong arm of the Lord saying, come on a little closer, son. Now's the time to deal with it. 
Here's my strength. And you have the ability, because of this season of increased grace right now, you have the ability to conquer that sin that's been predominant in your life. Because the Lord is with you. Okay? So, another aspect. One scripture, to back that up, is that it's in James 4. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the, the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's James 4, 6. In that context, that's in the context where he says, you don't have because you don't ask. And that's in the context of, he says, you adulteresses, don't you know that, that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? That's in the context. So he says, but he gives more grace. I am so, I'm, I'm increasingly thankful for that verse. It's just like, oh yeah, I need more grace, Lord. I need more grace. So it's not a strong rebuke, but it's a strong, the strong arm of the Lord drawing you in and saying, now's the time. Now's the time. Okay, another aspect of this increased grace is this grace gives us, it brings us into a closer relationship with the Lord. Scripture, John chapter 1, verses 16 and eight, uh, through 18. Indeed, from his fullness, we have all received grace after grace. Now, a lot of translations say that say that it's grace upon grace. The Greek word there is anti. So it's grace in place of grace. So the best translation I can, I can, I can come up with is it's you have grace, but now the Lord gives you more grace. Okay? So you have his favor, you have his love, you have his strength, but now the Lord gives you more favor, more love, more strength. It's grace after grace. Uh, the NIV, I think it says, says one blessing after another. From where? From his fullness. From his fullness, we've all received his favor, his love, his strength, and now more favor, more love, more strength. It goes on to say, for the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. God, the one and only who is close at the Father's side. In his bosom, the, the King James says. It's, he's close. He's in fellowship. If anybody knows who the Father is, it's Jesus. And what does, he give, what does Jesus give us? Grace. After grace. After grace. After grace. After grace. More love. More favor to do what? To bring you into a closer relationship with the Lord. That's what this grace is doing. And the third aspect that this brings is that there's grace for new things. Grace for new things. Over in 1 Peter 1, it says grace and peace be increased to you. Be multiplied. May it just grow. Not added, but multiplied. Increased to you. Kind of like rabbits reproducing. 
Okay. One after another. <laughs> okay. First Peter chapter one. That's where that is. It's in the context of, I missed that one. <laughs> it's in the context of where God is saying there's his sanctifying work to bring you into obedience and you have a new birth there into a living hope. That's in the context where this is that says grace and peace be increased to you. Now, when you think about work going on, when you think about things changing to bring me into obedience, when you think about a new birth, if you've ever had a new baby in the house, it changes things, right? You think about life. Think about where you were just 10 years ago, even five years ago. Things have changed, right? I mean, look at Randall and Carol. They're married now, you know? They weren't married five years ago. But things change. And with this season of increased grace, we should expect that we can conquer sin, that we can be brought into a relation, a closer relationship with the Lord. He's saying, come a little closer. And we should also expect that there's new things that are beginning to happen. So does that help you see why God is bringing you into a new building right now? Does that help you see? That's why you're in a season of breakthrough. That's why about a year ago, the Lord spoke to Don and Becky and said, there will be a breakthrough. He used a prophet to speak to them. There will be a breakthrough around about February. You're beginning to see things change. You're beginning to see things happen, new things. Do you remember when the church was first formed and the Lord started? You remember you had, to, you had to wait until all the dust settled, right? So you had that season of just letting the dust settle. And then you had the, the season where the Lord was bringing you and compacting you together. I mean, just bringing, I mean, things were happening and just putting that, putting that, that glue, that relationship. I mean, just bringing you in and saying, no, it's a little closer, you know, and just, ooh. And then the Lord started bringing the boards together. I mean, he started bringing them to the site. Like, I'm, I'm seeing like a construction site. And it's like they're bringing the supplies, you know. And they're bringing the boards. And they're bringing the nails. They're bringing the shingles. They're bringing the different things. And it's just coming to the site. And, and in that season, what I saw was the Lord was just kind of laying the board, this board here and this board here. But it wasn't time to nail them together yet. But then the time came when he said, now. Let's, let's nail it. And things started changing a little bit in relationships. And you were saying, oh, this is what this looks like to be joined with Pastor Don. This is what it looks like with, to be joined with Jeremy. This is what it looks like to be joined with our brothers. And God is nailing. Yes, this, these relationships are solid. And then the Lord started raising the walls. If you can see this in a spiritual sense, that's what, that's what has been happening that's why the Lord said, now's the time for breakthrough. Because not only have I brought you together, not only have I compacted you, not only have I laid things, okay, yep, this is where think, these things fit, this is where Russ fits, this is where Jeremy fits, this is where Brittany fits, this is where Brian fits, and then boom, and now he started raising you up, and all of a sudden you started having, you're, you're 
children's ministry changed a little bit. You start having some, your life groups changed a little bit. You're having Sunday school. The men coming up, I said, what were y'all doing then? Oh, we had Sunday school. You know, it's like, whoa, you know, things are going on. But now you're experiencing a breakthrough. A lot of times people say, oh, Lord, sin revival, sin revival. Oh, oh, oh. And then the Lord starts sending revival and they say, okay, now you got to go pick up John over there and bring him to the meeting. Well, wait a minute. Now, now you got to scoot over. You know, you can't sit in your regular place anymore, right? <laughs> you, you can't go by Starbucks and get your cup of coffee unless you leave a little bit earlier. That's what revival looks like. And that's what breakthrough looks like. Where you're at right now, this is what, this is just some aspects of what breakthrough looks like. But I want to encourage you. You won't be working on the building the rest of the time. Just, just think, when the church formed, I mean, you had a couple of meetings even outside of Salisbury. But then the Lord said, no, I want you in Salisbury. And then you started meeting at the end. Anybody remember that? That was different from here. And the new building is going to be different. Why? Because it's a season of breakthrough. It's a season of increased grace. But this, the reason he gives breakthrough is because all of those things that he's put inside of you. I was so encouraged just talking with Don, Pastor Don yesterday. And I mean, he was just, he's saying, this is what I'd like to see happen. You know what I was hearing? I was hearing his heart. I was hearing the vision, the things that God's put inside of you. And the very fact that God has put you together with him, the very fact that God has put you together with Blake, the very fact that God's put you together with Brittany, God says, I'm going to take the things that I put inside your heart and your heart and your heart and your heart and your heart, and I'm going to show you how these things will be fulfilled. The purpose of breakthrough is so that the purposes of God can be fulfilled. That's the purpose. So when you're out there and you're, and you're walking through that acid or you're cleaning the, the chute, you say, wait a minute, this is the season of increased grace. This is the season of breakthrough. God has a purpose for this. We will see the purposes of God. The very things that I know that he said inside of me. You know, when things start getting a little tumultuous, you have to say, well, what do I know? A lot of people get presumptuous. They say, oh, well, let's, this is what God's doing. Remember what, what you know. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's what you know. Things have been tested. And even 1 Thessalonians 5 says that. Test everything and hold on to the good. Same thing when you eat fish. When you eat fish, you eat the good part and you spit out the bones. Right? Right? So in the same way, when, when, you, when you hear somebody give you a prophetic word, you hear somebody give you encouragement, you think this, you think that, you test everything and you hold on to the good. What do you know? And those things that you know inside Now's the time to begin to see how they're going to be fulfilled. Now's the time. New things are happening. There's a, there's a new church building, but you don't see, you have learned enough in these five or six years that 
You will not let, and let me encourage you, do not let the church building define you. Okay? You remember, you've thrown it off. Okay? You've thrown off those religious rituals and that mindset of thinking. You've thrown that off. You put on new clothes. Your church, I love your church because it's, it's wonderful. It's an it's a adapting grace that just, you know, I loved it when Becky was standing up here talking about all the things that were going on and the people that you're going to reach. You're already, in these five or six years, look at how God has used you. Look at these relationships. Look at what's happening. I loved, I mean, I just thoroughly enjoyed the communion aspect of this service today. Because you know what was stressed was relationships. Relationship with the Lord. Relationship with one another. That's what this church is about. So you don't let the church building define you. You define the church building. In the same way that everything that has happened these five or six years... You haven't let it define you. You've let the Lord define you. You've had a few decisions to make. You've made some key decisions that said, no, that's not who we are. This is who the Lord made us. We're going to stay true to this. Some of you have had a chance to leave. You said, no, this is where the Lord's planted us. This is where the Lord's compactly joined us together. And now you're beginning to see Where God is breathing, saying, I'm with you. I'm filling you up. Now it's different. Now you're no longer trying to cross into the promised land. You're no longer trying to get up to the border. You've actually walked into it. That means new things have to begin to happen. Joshua had to learn that. You know, again, a lot of times we get presumptuous and things, but you know, Joshua, you know, these people dressed up and they came and they said, Oh, we're from far away. And he said, Oh, let's make a covenant with you. And they made a covenant, but it specifically says in scripture, they did not seek the Lord. They did not inquire of the Lord what to happen. So when you're experiencing this breakthrough, you don't just get presumptuous, but you remember what the Lord's been teaching you, especially the last five or six years. And you say, let's just wait. Let's ask the Lord. Let's get our brothers and sisters. Let's make sure we agree. And we say, now's the time. Now's the time. In every decision. And so you don't let things define you. Physical things, circumstances, you define them. Why? Because the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Seek the Lord in everything that you do. The church is changing and growing. But that's what, that's what breakthrough looks like. That's what life looks like. You don't look the same as you did 15 years ago. Some of you look better. (laughs) Things are changing. God is real inside of you. It was very different when God told us. And he, I mean, and he used grease. He spoke grease to us. And I said, what's, what's the Lord? What what is this about? And the Lord said, stretching your faith for the nations. I mean, that was four years ago. 
And believe me, our faith has been stretched. But you know what it's for? It's for the nations. And God connected us with that missions group, got us some training and coaching and things that we needed. And we were able to go to Greece last summer. And all of that was so that we could be planted in Israel and working with people that we already know that we've been building relationships with. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of our God. How unsearchable are his judgments, his decrees, the things that he determines that will happen. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You've been experiencing these things. Vicki and I have been experiencing these things. I've said before, but I honestly believe because of the connection that we have that, and the season that God has brought you into, this breakthrough, even us being sent out to the nations is part of the breakthrough. I was very excited talking to Don yesterday. He said, yeah, I think there's, there's several people that's going to come with us to Mexico in January. The Lord has called some of you to place your feet in other nations. This is what breakthrough looks like. New things. What do I do there? Just do you know that the Lord told you to go on this trip? You may not know anything else, but you know that the Lord told you to go. So you go and you place your feet there and then things begin to happen. At least half the battle. At least 50%, if not maybe 75% of the battle is getting there. Okay? So at the same time that all of this tumult is going on, things are being turned topsy-turvy in our world. How many times have you heard, this is the new normal? Okay? Why? Because things are changing. It's not like it was 15 years ago. It's not like it was 10 years ago. It's not even like it was five years ago. Things are changing. But in all of this that's going on, God has called for an increase in the things of the kingdom. Decisions are being made and destinies are being determined. And God is doing such a strong work in our days. Look at the nations and watch. And be wondrously amazed, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I was very encouraged. Just last week, I talked to two different missionaries. I talked to, we, we, we just had a divine appointment, just walking around on, on the missionary campus. And there was this leader from Australia who's been working with Muslims for the last 15 years. And we just started talking. And he talked about the migrations of people that are happening. We know it's happening in Europe right now. But he says, I mean, he's been working with Muslims in Australia for 15 years. And he said, he's, he's beginning to see this, that more and more people are coming in from these other nations, more Muslims. And that the people that they've been sowing seeds with, now in this migration, there are believers that are, that are in this migration. So they're coming over. And so they've been talking to this Muslim in Australia And now this believer comes and says the very same things, but in their heart language, and churches are being planted. Disciples are being made. Things are beginning to happen. It is such a strong work. Talking with him and then talking with with Floyd Goy the other day. 
She was, she was so encouraging to me saying, yes, you need to intentionally make disciples. Just recently, the Lord stirred a verse in my heart from Isaiah that said, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Do you see again that we're expected to see the season that we're in, right? The Lord is doing a new thing. So do you not perceive it? Where are you going to perceive it? In your spirit. Remember, it's from the depths of your being that living water flows, right? And so as we come to the Lord and we drink, then the Lord fills us. And he says, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And as the Lord stirred that verse in my heart, the Lord said, run to the crisis. And I believe that that was an instructional word, not just for Vicki and I, but for the church, the worldwide church, that in all of this tumultuous times that's going on, when things start getting a little topsy-turvy in this nation, what are you supposed to do? Run to the crisis and do what? Plant the kingdom. Establish the kingdom. Intentionally make disciples. Plant churches. What if, what if your church grows to be 200 and no more? Why? Because, man... We had another 50 people that we just planted over here. We had another 50 people that we planted over here. We just, we just planted a church in Mexico. We just planted a church in Europe. How do you know? How do you see these things? Because God's opened up doors for Pastor Don in Mexico, and God's calling some of you to go. God is stirring up Jeremy and Jess's heart for Europe. When do you know? When God says, now's the time to go. And what do you do? You get there first. And then what you, you intentionally make disciples and you establish the kingdom. You run to the crisis. You know, there's scripture that says, let the righteous go into his room and close the door until the calamities pass. There's scripture for that. But everywhere that you see, everywhere that I've seen that people are, are praying and seeking the Lord, the Lord's not saying go to your room. He's saying, you go and you go boldly and you plant the kingdom. So when, when, when marriage is trying to be redefined, what do you do? You run to the crisis and you establish the kingdom. When babies are being murdered in the mother's womb, what do you do? You run to the crisis and you establish the kingdom. You focus on Jesus, not on the problem. Remember, you don't let things define you. You define them. What do you do when homosexuality is being celebrated? You run to the crisis and you celebrate Jesus and you plant the kingdom. You establish the kingdom. How are you going to do that? Well, you know, you know, you just, you can't, you, you, oh, oh, you know, and you use all of these different words that the world gives if we're not careful, but not you, because you're going to say, you're not going to concentrate on What's going on in the circumstances, whether that person is, you know, unless God is saying, put, put your finger on there. You know, you're not going to concentrate on, well, you're in homosexuality or you're, you're murdering a baby. You're going to say, do you know how much Jesus loves you? Do you know, do you know that the living God is encountering you right now? See, that's what Jesus said when he sent his disciples out in Matthew 10 and in Luke 10. He, he didn't say, go and tell them you're wicked and you're going to hell. 
He didn't say, go and discuss their problems and try to cancel them into it. Go and reason with them and, and, and let them mentally assent to it. He said, go and preach this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. You are now being encountered with the gracious and strong and loving God. Let me show you what his favor looks like. Are you ready to follow him yet? Now, you'll have to tell him, yeah, turn away from your homosexuality. Yeah, stop murdering babies. Yeah, but you're going to do that as you're making disciples because they've been encountered with the grace of the Lord. Remember, we're in a season of increased grace. Even Jesus himself, Ephesians 4, he captured captivity. That, that, that which had been brought into captivity, he captured it. He redefined it. And he said, now, let me show my favor to the world. Here's what my love looks like. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that we could love one another, so that we could go and establish the kingdom. And now the body builds itself up. As each part works in its measure, the body builds itself up in love. Receive the strength of the Lord. The Lord is with you. Lord, I pray that right now, right now, there be a tangible deposit placed in each heart, in each soul. I pray, Lord, that each person's knees that have been weak physically and spiritually. I pray that there be strength. You've been listening to Destiny City Church, a community of believers committed to helping others find and fulfill their God-given destiny. For more information, visit us online at destinycity.org.